Hello and welcome to this behind the curtain episode for reInvent. Emily and I are here with Srini Irigavarapu, who is a senior SDM on Amazon Code Whisperer. Thank you for joining, and we're so excited to hear about all the announcements. Hey, th thank you very much for having me on the show. So let's just baseline for folks who haven't heard of Amazon Code Whisperer. What is it? So Amazon Code Whisperer is a machine learning powered service that uh, makes developers more productive. Uh, it, it takes in natural language statements and the existing code in your IDE and helps generate code recommendations for developers to continue coding. And it also has uh, things tied to security scanning, which actually will generate a secure code. Right now, you could do things like uh, you know, generate a, a bucket or upload a file to a S3 bucket, matrix multiplication, all sorts of non-AWS fancy stuff as well with AWS Code Whisperer. Oh, interesting. I didn't know it. So it has security patterns built in, kind of like having a whole bunch of like YAML or CDK patterns like already set up. So when I'm asking for something, it's going to do everything in the way that Amazon would do it. Is that correct? That is or, correct. Or uh, so <laughs> that is ahead. actually correct. Something interesting that you mentioned, um, because you mentioned CDK, I will touch on that a little later as well. But as of now, we do have the models that are trained to generate quality code, both in terms of secure code, syntactically correct code as well. And the idea is it'll actually generate code, not just tied to AWS, but also non-AWS code as well. Interesting. And so I, I'm super curious, these models, how are they being built? Is this something that you looked at existing code bases? Is it like, how is it? Is, is it learning from what I'm doing? Like, I'm always, I'm super curious, you know, coming from this background of building language models, uh, you know, in the conversational space, how, how are you all doing that? And does that change over time? Yeah, great question. Behind the scenes, we use a machine learning model that is trained on a lot of data, both open source data and also data that we ingest within Amazon and Amazon code base as well. And it uses transformer models to be specific, to train on that model to generate code. Now, while it is generating code, it is actually using the context that is in your file for the code generations to be relevant to what you're looking for. That's incredible. So it's actually using if the class or whatever I'm in to make these suggestions. It's, it's being clever on the fly. That is correct. These <laughs> transform models are more generative models. What that essentially means is it understands the context that you're in. And then based on the context that you are in, the recommendations will be fine-tuned to your needs as well. That's incredible. And I know it's really important to us to be you know, responsible with AI and to be an ethical partner for open source communities and open source developers. How how does it come through? If, if a piece of code is similar to, let's say, an open source piece of code, um, what happens? Do we credit the author or how does that work? Yeah, so we have something called reference tracker. What that essentially means is if the code recommendation that Code Whisperer generates is similar to something in the open source world and that's very unique, so somebody's IP of sorts that is in the open public domain, then we do actually credit the, uh, the, the repos or the GitHub repos or any open source repos and we have provide references to that source as well. And you as a developer could choose to use it 
or also say I do not want to use it because of my own licensing consideration. But either way, if we are generating code that is close to somebody else's code, we actually have reference tracker, and that's what makes Code Whisper special. So if I if I get a so the, uh, Code Whisper suggests a piece of code, and the reference comes through, can I click on that reference, or how do I actually see the original piece of code? Yes. So along so with the reference. That's correct. So we kind of show a tooltip of sorts in the visual queue when you see the code recommendation, where that shows the source from where this is coming from, and you click on it and it'll take you to the source as well. And it actually provides a little more metadata around the source. That way you can, like licensing is a, is a classic, right? Most of the developers are interested in licensing. Uh, is it open source, MIT open source, uh, open licensing, is it GPL? We don't use any of those. There is permitted licenses that we use. And then even within those, a, a company or a developer could choose which ones to use and not use. So we provide the license information, we provide the source information, and you can click on it for you to go to the source to see what where the code is coming from. That's incredible. I, I just, I love that. I think it's it's being a good steward and partner to these communities. So that's awesome. What's the coolest thing you've seen Code Whisperer do? Like what's, the, what's the neatest example? So there is two pieces. Me as a developer... Yep. Uh, I used to prepare for interviews. Now Code Whisperer actually generates the same quality code. Now I'm thinking, wait, I probably shouldn't have to worry about those. But the biggest advantage that we are seeing with Code Whisperer, and in fact, a lot of Amazonians, a lot of my teammates use Code Whisperer, is to generate the boilerplate code where uh, this goes back to the earlier question around CDK. At yeah. reInvent, we launched C Sharp and TypeScript support as well. Earlier it was Java, JavaScript, and Python. Now we also support C Sharp and TypeScript. So there is Yay. a lot of CDK code that you want to generate. Um, so yeah. there is boilerplate code where the developers don't have to spend time writing uh, cookie cutter standard template code. All of that is actually being generated by Code Whisperer. So it actually improves your productivity quite a lot. But now you get to building the logic that is needed rather than worrying about the you know the basic pieces of. That's incredible. I love that. So the, putting this in a different way, does Code Whisper follow that sort of um, the well-architected framework, or does it kind of have those the way that Amazon builds things built in? Yeah, so it, it does, and this is work in progress as we move. We're right now in um, public preview. We launched as gated preview earlier in June, and then we moved to public preview where anybody, everybody can actually use Code Whisper at this point in time. And as we head into the general available release, we will be continuing to work on fine-tuning it. But the primary goal is for us to follow the AWS best practices. And in fact, with AWS recommendations, like if you're coding for Dynamo or SES, uh, we actually provide good quality code as well and follow all the patterns and practices too. Amazing. I love it. And so, and I'll, I'll list all of these URLs in the way that we had this set up prior to reInvent. In VS Code, I could see it as an add-on. I clicked to it. I had to sign up for a preview. I got a code. Once I put that code in, I enabled it. So now I'll just everyone can immediately get access uh, to the add-on after this reInvent launch is what you're saying. That is correct. There is no more signing up for Code Whisperer. What that means okay. is you just install the extension in VS Code and JetBrains or all the JetBrains IDs. Once you have that, you just sign up using either your you know, AWS account, AWS Builder ID, or if you have an enterprise set up too, you can actually use your enterprise SSO permissions to start using Code Whisperer. And Love is it, it through the AWS toolkit? Yes, it is part of the AWS toolkit. Awesome. I've got, I've just, I have so many questions. So how big, like how, how, how many lines of code did, did you look at like to make this? Oh, How big are these the, models? The, the models are pretty large. They use billions of parameters if you're, on, if you're using the model lingo. And then we have trained the model on terabytes of data. 
uh, from various different sources. And uh, we are actually continuing to work to train the model on more and more data coming in as time progresses because we are supporting additional programming languages. We started with three, then we added two more. And then in the future, we intend to add a few more languages as well. The use cases that we support too, like within the programming languages, there is differentiation of the use cases. You could be a right. mobile developer. You could be a app game developer. Uh, JavaScript is one large language, but then there is things like Angular and React. So we actually add a lot of data tied to each of these use cases to train the model to behave well with such use cases too. And when it's looking at my code, is it like, is it looking where I'm actually in the IDE, like where my cursor is in that line? Is that different from everything that's included in my project? Does it get that kind of a unique look? As of now, we uh, we do the Code Whisperer service kind of looks at the specific file that you are in the code that is before the cursor and after the cursor to be able to generate code recommendations. Now, it's, of course, it's very clear that most developers have more than one file in their projects. And then the there is different classes, definitions. Not me. Different I just files. like one file. It's called main, main.vb. When, when I started coding, it was the same. It was like you'd have <laughs> one 10,000 line file and yeah. just be done with it. Yeah. So I wrote in basic. But the developers now want to split it up into a lot more fragments, I guess. <laughs> of course, um, yeah. That's the way. I hear that's of, the way to actually do things nowadays. Yeah, That's correct. With with multiple programmers <laughs> coming in, a lot of developers contribute into the same task. I guess everything is getting broken down into smaller chunks. So Code Whisperer does not yet look at different files within your project, and that's something that we're right. working on as well. But at the same time, it understands within your file context of what is already there. Yeah, and has this introduced new things that maybe you didn't have to think about before into the whole development cycle of like, you know, personal identifiable information, just like how yeah, is that AI? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so because this is based on machine learning models, there is AI aspects to it too. There is a there is a reason there is a chance that the code could actually contain any personal information or it could have bias in there as well. What Code Whisperer does is it takes care of any of those recommendations to be filtered out. Does this mean that the next time I have to do a tech interview, I don't even have to like whiteboard anything? I'm just gonna open up my ID and use Code Whisperer. Yes, this is what I'm gonna do. <laughs> so as part of because Code Whisperer uses machine learning models. There is a chance that the code that it generates has PII, personally identifiable information. Same right. with uh, bias as well. So Code Whisperer actually takes care of these use cases where we filter out information. Uh, if there is bias, we filter out those recommendations. If there is PII, we actually obfuscate all of that too. So you don't get to see anybody else's uh, secret keys of sorts. We take care of that too. That's amazing. Okay, so next time I have to do a technical interview, I don't... I don't need to break out the whiteboard. I just install Code Whisperer, and then I should get the job, right? So that's a great question. I think a lot of a lot of people ask the same: is is essentially Code Whisperer doing the job for developers? Not necessarily. We are assisting the developers. What that essentially means is you are only making the developers more productive. Your efficiency gets better because all the cookie cutter code is being written by somebody else, and the developers get to doing other things too. And the code that is being generated by Code Whisperer is, is actually developer's code. What that means is while we generate recommendations, we generate up to five recommendations for the developer to pick and choose from because there could be different ways of coding and programming. And the developer gets to choose what they want and then continue working on their own code base and they own all of it. So essentially it is not 
removing any of the developer roles it's it's only helping and um, improve productivity yeah it's a bit like invisible pair programming right like the rubber ducky is in your ide which i think is really really cool that's um, what what's going to come next like what what are you most excited about as we are in public preview we are looking for customer feedback there is a lot of developers using this already and providing us with feedback so we are working on making things better with the existing setup itself additional programming languages is something that we are working on as well uh, and then to the earlier question of how will it behave with cdk will it be the best code in terms of design patterns there's work going on there too because we want to move from generating code to generating quality code that can be used in your production services so we want to be able to do that too uh, there is a couple of features that we have that for as far as security scanning is concerned I'll quickly touch on that too we we have features and functionality within the uh, AWS toolkit extension where the developers can actually scan their code for security issues and this doesn't mean you're only scanning code whisperer generated code you could be scanning your own code repo and code base as well to to generate to find any if there is any security issues right now we support java javascript and python though we have c sharp and typescript support it doesn't yet have security scanning features so we're going to work on that too and fill those gaps and we'll head towards not moving from public preview to making this generally available to the um, developer audience that's fantastic and if people want to uh, learn more where can they find more information uh, aws code whisperer documentation page is one place to go start with there is a couple of videos on youtube on our youtube channel showing demos of how this works and then otherwise use your ide install the aws toolkit plugin it's a straight up sign up no more allow listing and then you start experimenting with it and playing with the extension Awesome. You're amazing. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been such a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you for really having me. This is awesome. Yeah. Fix it, fix it, M. Fix it. Uh, I'll write down when this was. Eleven minutes and thirty seconds. Just a second. I had to. Uh, I got page. I have to tell the team that I got page. Can I get a second, please? Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it's fine. This is real life. I, I kind of like people it. Are, people are people are building the thing that we're talking about. It's like being on a ride along with an ops guy. No, it's like being in an airplane while they're building the engine. I don't want to be on that plane. <laughs> You are on that plane. That's a glider, Dave. That plane's called reInvent. It's called That's, reInvent. Oh my god, this reInvent's gonna kill me. I'm gonna be honest. Okay. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Let's pick I, up I, from I, I, uh, personal identifiable information and get.